TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> it may be the but the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local, and not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome in to Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Pissed off here tonight. Why, why can't we get these computers to work? Why? Why can't everything work in here? I mean, this is ridiculous. You see I'm in a good mood tonight? Huh? See what a cheerful mood I'm in? Because nothing works around here. Nothing. Things are not plugged in. Things are just fakakta. <sighs> what are we doing here tonight? Are we doing a show? Are we on air yet? I mean, I don't even know if the microphones work. I can't, I can't log in. Computer doesn't work. <sighs> Top 10 market. Top 10 market in this country. Number seven media market in the United States of America. And we can't get a computer to work right or internet software to work right. How hard is this? Like, like third world countries have the internet. We can't get a computer keyboard to be plugged in and work. <sighs> Lord have mercy. Odyssey apps, how you catch us on the go. Social media is at 19 on the game. At JamesH316. We got young Garrett in here producing. So Day Day's not here tonight. He's taking a couple of days off. Are you, are you glad to be in here now, Garrett? I'm thrilled, man. We're having some fun. Can I tell you, if this were a <laughs> podcast, I'd have 8,000 F-bombs I would drop right now on That's air. Fair. I I, I, I got again, a dump button. Uh, how, no, how many dumps can you get in a row? That's the question. question At least three. The question isn't whether or not you can dump something. The question is whether or not 
You've got 8,000 dumps in a row. I got three. That's the question. Can you tell I'm in a great mood when nothing works around here? Computers and keyboards. John, I will say there is nothing more frustrating than technology that doesn't work. Yes. That's probably one of my biggest pet peeves. Again, I just, I, I come in here, we have all this computer stuff. Just let me get in and put my name in on the computer. Now the keypad doesn't work. Now this doesn't work. Click this, drag this. How many cookies do you want? I mean, all this kind of stuff. Top 10 market in the country. Number seven market in the country, and we can't get computers and internet things that work properly. Oh, I guess I, I guess we don't have our uh, engineer anymore, right, Garrett? That uh, our we're, we're down to our kind of like temporary. Or did we hire somebody? We hired somebody. All right. Well, don't let them, don't let them get around here, because again, they're going to need a lot of scotch tape and duct tape to try to tape together monitors and keyboards when I start smashing everything in here. I'm going to turn this thing into a Keith Moon hotel room when all is said and done. You know who Keith Moon is? He was the drummer for, uh, who was he the drummer for? The Who? I'm going to turn it into, he was legendary for just smashing up and destroying hotel rooms. That's what this room's going to look like. Why not? What's the difference? If nothing works in here, what's the difference? <sighs> Can we get on to the regular show? Or, you know, since, again, I, I can't get on anything, I, I'm trying to plug stuff in around here. <sighs> Braves, they sweep the Rockies. I mean, they're mashing the ball everywhere, mashing it. Their pitching has been suspect. Now, they got a night off tonight. They're in Philadelphia tomorrow. Spencer Strider's on the mound. I can't tell you who's pitching for Philly because I can't get the computers to work or the keyboard to work or anything like that. So I can't tell you what's going on. But I know that the Rockies got swept. Braves are in Philadelphia. Strider's on the mound. And they've won, what, how many in a row now? I can't even tell you because I don't have anything in front of me. No, this thing isn't working. See this keyboard? It's useless. Can you hear that? It's going to be a good night. It's going to be going to be a good night. It's going to be a good night. It's going to be a good night. It's going to be a good night. We're going to get there. We're going to get there, Garrett. We're going to get there. Lou Williams announces his retirement from the NBA. What, 17 seasons? Obviously, multiple-time sixth man of the year. Hawks legend. Can we call him a Hawks legend at this point? He's He retires. Could certainly use some of his scoring coming off the bench. We're going to talk to uh, Kevin Sweeney coming up here at 740. He is uh, Sports Illustrated, college basketball writer, and NBA draft writer for them, SI.com. We'll uh, talk with him about coming up on Thursday. We have the NBA draft. I, I guess things will work because I'll have my own computer. I'll have my own laptop. So we'll, I, I know for sure that'll work because I invested money in it. It'll be me, Sparty, and Caleb. Did you see Caleb Johnson, by the way? You're your co-host for the Dopey Millennials. The other half of the Dopey Millennials. Yeah, yeah. he was chasing his dog around. Yeah, gimmick uh, gimmick infringement. 
But yeah, what, what did he? he <laughs> we, agree, we, give, we give you credit every single time. No, no, no. I every single time. I, I understand. Listen, um, gotta what, give you a shout out, right? What, what, what do they say that? Um, uh, what is it? What's the? Uh, it's imitation is in, the, sincerest the sincerest form of flattery, flattery, right? Yeah. So now, how did he? How did he break? Next, we'll his get you a new computer. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> how did he break his? He was elbow? chasing his dog around. And he broke his elbow. He slipped and fell and broke his elbow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He had he had surgery. I don't I don't want to put his news out there, but it's like he also well, he put it, he on, Twitter. it on Twitter. So yeah, it's like I guess right. it's, it's kind of out there for the world to see at this point. But no, yeah, he was chasing his puppy around. I mean, his dog's I think a year old, high energy animal, like a little brown lab, sweet as can be. But took him out. Okay. He had but, surgery. But he's but again, so he better get himself better because he's got Thursday night yeah, at man. State Farm. Yeah. I texted him. I mean, or I tweeted him. I said, "Look, you know, you got to get it together. <laughs> Sorry, you got to play hurt. If you got to play hurt. You got to get in the game and, and play." Hey, man, I can always be the Lou Will. Come off the bench. Yeah, uh, somebody will have to. Maybe <laughs> somebody's I mean, playing. I mean, Lou I mean will. yeah, I mean, somebody, somebody's going to have to if, if Caleb uh, if Caleb can't officially go or anything like that. But I, I he said, "Listen, he's going to be ready for Thursday." So we'll have uh, NBA draft coverage coming up on Thursday, and we'll talk to Kevin Sweeney here coming up. At the seven forty uh, this evening, and and the NBA off season is already underway. Bradley Beal, we talked about this story last week. Bradley Beal gets traded. You know, you know why he he. You know why after only a year he decided that he wanted out of Washington because he didn't want to turn down two hundred fifty one million. Because nobody besides Washington could pay him more money than that. 251 for five. Five for 251. How much does that come out to be? 50 million plus a year? That's why those guys sign. That's the only reason that they sign. Not because they think that the Washington Boulets are going to turn it around or they're going to be a good team or with Kristaps Porzingis that all of a sudden they're going to figure things out. They sign because nobody can pay them more money. They get the extra year and the Supermax deals, and he gets two fifty one. And you know how much that money, Garrett? Garrett, let me ask you a question. How much of that money is guaranteed? Let me ask you. How much do you think is guaranteed? How much? All of it. Ooh. And then some. Drinks two, on, two drinks on Bradley. Yeah, two fifty one. And again, after a year, you you cry and moan, and, and you say you want out, and now you get traded. And, and now Chris Paul probably looks like he's going to get traded again, because they're going to you know acquiesce to his you know uh, I guess wanting to play for a contender, right? So where does Chris Paul end up now? Where where does he end up at? Who who needs who's a championship caliber team that needs a point guard? I, I don't think obviously we know it's not Phoenix. Obviously, it's not going to be uh, Milwaukee. Does he end up in like Philadelphia or somewhere like that with James Harden and Embiid and those guys? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know where he ends up. Could you but, see him going to Boston? Yeah, but they got Marcus Smart. Yeah, Marcus Smart's not there. He's not holding, handling the ball. If you get a chance to go get a Chris Paul, yeah, but he's a first team. Def- he's a first team. Yeah, all sure, defensive you can play player. him at shooting guard. That's fine. You can st- and stick uh, Jalen Brown at wing. And then you have uh, Jason well, Tatum at the well, four, J- and then well, Jalen Brown's coming here. He's, he's coming to the Hawks. <laughs> Future Hawk, Future yeah. Hawk. That's yeah. what the people. Absolutely. That's what Twitter tells me. Uh, why not? You know, why not? We can make it happen. I mean, we'd actually have to go in the luxury tax if that all happened, <laughs> and you know that from there. But um, no, I, let's let's let's. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see where Chris Paul ends up. 
you know, uh, Charles Barkley, I think, said he's the best leader in the history of college basketball or, sorry, pro basketball or something like that. Like, he's the all-time leader. Like, he's, he's the greatest leader of guys or what whatever. What does that even mean? I, 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 he's a I, leader. All right. Okay. I mean, some people follow, some people lead. And so, other people win championships. Yeah, or other people throw their keyboard through the window right behind me here. But anyway. Uh, Draymond has opted out, too. Um, look, they still have the door open for his return to Golden State, right? I mean, this is all contract ploy and all this good kind of stuff, right? I mean, that's that's what this ends up becoming. So, uh, again, we there was no surprise that he was going to opt out of his deal. But now that he's you know going to become a free agent, people are all excited and this and the other. Oh, we should go get him. We should go get him. Who uh, I, Sparty was texting us today about the idea of going and getting uh, Draymond Green. Like, why would Draymond Green, even even for half the money, leave Golden State to come to Atlanta? Sorry, I mean, I just why why would that happen? Why why would why would he leave? The the the. I mean, they got four guys who are making twenty five million plus. I mean, Steph Curry is making fifty one this year. Sure, Clay's he, making forty two. How, how many titles has he got? Oh no, I'm not saying he doesn't oh, deserve it. Oh, okay. He absolutely deserves okay. every penny of it. I'm just saying. How many? How many first team All NBAs? How many? How, how much of a pay cut does oh. Draymond want to take to stay there, though? Oh, he's not going to take a pay cut. They'll well, just. They'll, he'll have to. I mean, they'll, they'll just have to move on. They'll. They'll just. They'll go neck deep. I mean, they've been neck deep in the luxury tax. Like they haven't been. Well, the Jordan Pool money hits this year, well, and that's sure. why. And that's why it's going to get really tough. Well, they. They. They haven't. But. But for the last handful of years, they haven't been like little waiters ankle deep in the luxury tax. They've been up to their neck in the luxury tax. And they've won a couple titles, too. Yeah. Because, again, when you play a whole bunch of games at home late in the playoffs, they pay you a whole bunch of money on those things. Anyway. Oh, and Carlos Bocanegra interviewed with, who is this, the Texas Rangers? Interview with the Rangers? Oh, it's Rongers FC. Oh. Well, it's still Rangers. Oh, is it still is it Rangers? Yeah, it's in Glasgow, okay. Scotland. Yeah, I know it's in Scotland, but oh, yeah. I figured they'd pronounce it Rongers or something like that over there. I'm more of a Celtic guy myself, which mo- one of the more underrated rivalries. People in the United States don't realize how much those two teams hate each other. Yeah, nobody cares. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm a Washington Senators fan more than a Texas Rangers fan. Anyway. All right, 404-726-0929. 404-726-0929. Quinn Snyder says that it's collaborative and he doesn't really have anything to do with personnel, according to an article that he was in with Jeff Schultz. You believe that? 404-726-0929. Chuck Green, the Key Studios, Sports Radio, 92 on the game, the Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio, 92.9, the game, back at a Chuckery show, hanging out in the Key. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Studios. Now we're now we're in a different spot. Now now we're we're playing musical roulette chair host situation things whatever like that. Computer still doesn't work. I may piss and moan about this the whole night. You know that Garrett? You know that? I may I may do it just to be the biggest a hole on earth, just because. 404-726-0929. That's our phone line. It's also our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app, so you catch us on the go. Social media at 929 The Game. Blah, 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 blah. We'll talk to Kevin Sweeney from SI.com about the NBA draft and uh, get his thoughts about uh, what may go on Thursday night. But Jeff Schultz recently did an article with Quinn Snyder. And, you know, um, I guess Quinn Snyder, since this offseason has come along, has had to go to the ER twice for kidney stones. Hell, I've been to the ER twice for kidney stones myself. Uh, But anyway, so he talked about in this article the idea of the decision-making is a collaborative effort and that he really doesn't have a role in the decision-making process, that he's not over Landry Fields, it's, you know, he's not giving his input as far as the way he wants this roster. You know, he made it sound like that when you read the article that he basically would get the roster that was given to him by Landry Fields and then have to coach it up from there. So I ask you at 404-726-0929, you believe that? Because I don't believe it for a second. I, I don't – I again – I've talked to David Locke, the play-by-play guy for the Utah Jazz. I've talked to the to Andy, what's his name, the beat reporter for the Salt Lake City Tribune, and multiple people that I've talked to about this is that the biggest thing that he had an issue with in Utah was the fact that he did not have any say over what the roster was, and everybody's acknowledged it that that was one of the big hang-ups and big bugaboos that he had when it came to the roster in Utah. So you mean to tell me that they pulled him off a beach in Costa Rica or whatever to come coach the Hawks and not have any say in this, not have bupkis to say about the roster? I know it's collaborative, it's communicative, and all of these ifs. I don't believe it for one second. I know that they paid him championship coach level money, right? The $8 million plus a year that he's getting, that puts him in line with several coaches who've won the NBA title. I don't believe, though, for a second that the idea wasn't for him to have some say or influence in what the personnel was going to be. I'm not saying that he's even the top dog 
And what's the first question that I wanted to ask Tony Wrestler? No, sorry. The second question that I wanted to ask Tony Wrestler, what's the pecking order? Give me the pecking order of where, where we're at with this roster. Who's in charge or what have you? Give me the pecking order. Because from everything that I've been led to believe, you mean to tell me that he feels so good about coaching this group of guys that is completely underachieved and they went 10 and 11 in his tenure here. He feels so good about those guys that he could give a crap less about what kind of personnel he coaches. That he's so enamored with Trey and Murray and Capella and Collins and Hunter. He's so enamored with all of those guys that he doesn't want any say into what the roster looks like. Are you buying that? Are, are you believing any of that? And I'm, I'm again, I'm not saying he's going to have final say on what goes on. But are you believing any of this? Because I'm not. Not from everything that I've heard about why he had trouble in Utah. And it wasn't a matter of that he didn't want Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert. He had really good players, right? And he coached them up well. But he always wanted to have a say in personnel. That's been the, st- that's been the consistent story that we've heard from people. So 404-726-0929. You buying this? We'll get your thoughts uh, on this. But, again, I- I'm you mean to tell me that they just pulled him off a beach and because they gave him good money to coach, come in here and coach for the last quarter of the season – and he looked at this roster and said, I'm so enamored and eager. Because what happens if they run it back? What happens if they just run this roster back? I mean, that's certainly a possibility. I don't think that it's going to be a possibility. And, and I'll be – we talked to Lauren Williams about this like last week or the week before. That she seems to think that they won't be in a hurry to get a bunch of stuff done. And I'm, like, scratching my head. And I'm not saying she's wrong or anything like that, but it's okay. I mean, we're, we're one of the more underachieving rosters. We haven't built a single thing coming off that Eastern Conference Finals. Not one single thing have we moved forward as a franchise since that Eastern Conference Finals run. And, and despite what Kevin Herter says, I don't think that that was the worst thing that happened. I don't think the expectation is for them to be in the finals every year. But it certainly isn't come back and be the ninth seed a year later and be the eighth seed and and barely hanging on for dear life to get into the play-in round, to get into the play-in round. That's two years in a row where it's been completely underachieving. You mean to tell me that we can't be a top six roster in the Eastern Conference? I'm not even saying to be the Heat or be Milwaukee or maybe even be Philly. But certainly the Cavs, the uh, Knicks. I mean, how are we not at that level? And you mean to tell me that this coach doesn't want any say in the decision? Oh, I completely trust Landry and all that. Now, look, there's the public face of all of this, right? There's the thing that you say to the Jeff Schultzes of the world, and some of those guys I'm sure will believe it. I'm not saying Jeff is is of the mindset of believing all of this, but there are people that will believe, oh, well, if they say it, then it's got to be true. Okay. 
I, I got oceanfront property in Iowa that I want to sell you. I'll gladly give you all that. But it's hard for me to imagine that you pull this guy off of the beach from an extended vacation that he had to come coach an underachieving franchise. And they're an underachieving franchise. Given the relation of their talent to what they are, they should be a better franchise. And by the way, that's not all because they didn't have the right coach, folks. Sorry. That's not that's the sole reason for this is not because they didn't have the right guy at the helm. They didn't even get a boost when they had Quinn Snyder here. You cover Georgia Tech, right? Garrett, you cover Georgia Tech. Okay. Did they get a boost when they fired Jeff Collins and brought Brent Key in? Was that a boost? Yeah, they won four games for the first time in Yeah, and they went up the three years and won on the road, came back here. North Carolina had the big one. Yeah. Yeah, they went four and four. We were 10 they and were, 11. They almost, they almost played for, uh, for in a bowl game. We were 10 and 11 and we're barely hanging on. You didn't even get that new. Remember when Nate McMillan took over and we went, what, like 19 and 7 at the start? We didn't even get that. We didn't even get that just, hey, new guy, new coach, new mindset, new message, blah, 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 blah. We didn't even get that. We didn't get any of that. And now I'm to believe that he just came in here on a lark, on a whim, just to sit there and coach. Maybe he's happy making the money that he is just to coach basketball. I don't know. It seems hard for me to believe that a guy that smart, that on the ball, that knowledgeable about basketball, doesn't want to help create the roster that he's going to coach. And again, I'm not saying Landry Fields isn't the ultimate decision maker. Tony Ressler is probably the ultimate decision maker. But when, when the narrative comes out from your boss that they don't want to be a luxury tax team and they give you all of the isms as to why, communicative, or, or sorry, all the if words, collaborative, communicative, and all those if words about why they're, why they're not in the luxury tax. Because they're in it now. They're in it now. And I'm just, it just seems hard for me to believe that Quinn Snyder took this job without some sense of being able to have influence on what the roster is. Go, if you read the article at The Athletic, he completely dismisses the idea of what his role is going to be on this team, that he's just coaching. And I understand. I mean, again, maybe that will end up being the truth of the matter. When all is said and done, when all the dust settles and the fog clears and all this different kind of stuff. Maybe that will be the ultimate thing that he does is just go sit on the bench and coach. I find that hard to believe. For a guy at that level, for a guy who wants to be, and, and you see these other head coaches, the Pops and the Doc Rivers and guys like that, again, with all due respect, we don't have Pat Riley behind the scenes. We don't have, we don't have one of the great coaches in our lifetime behind the scenes you know, helping to control things and keep it on track. I've got the owner's son keeping it on track. I, I've I've got the guy who I've got I've got the you know the the guy who you know is a billionaire, but he's got his son having an influence in what this direction of the team is is having. Despite what he says on, on some of these things, see, this is why it would have done Tony Wrestler good to come out and make the statement. 
and clear all of this up. Because the only guy that can clear all of this up is him. Because when I hear, even when I hear Coach Snyder talk about, and the words were used, collaborative, like I'm immediately out. Like I'm, I'm like, okay, this is the, all the talking points. When we have these if words, that's all of the talking points that I heard from Tony Ressler a while back. I don't want to hear platitudes and bumper stickers and campaign slogans and jargon and malarkey and bull and bunk. I don't want to hear all that. I want straightforward answers. Tell me the pecking order. I don't care what the players are or this, that, and the other. Just tell me the pecking order of what our corporate structure is. And then are we going to be a luxury tax team come this season? Not when it's right. Not when it feels good. Not when we think we're a championship team. I'm saying right here and now, are we going to be? Mike Bell asked me in one of the commercial breaks, hey, do you, what do you think the Hawks are going to do? I don't know. Because until I get a clear answer that we're going in the luxury tax, guaranteed, then I can start to figure out what we're going to do. But if we're going to slash payroll like we did at the all, at the uh, at the trade deadline, say what you will, we picked up some good pieces, but we also slashed payroll at the trade deadline. Till I get those answers, I'm not sure I know what the questions are. Kevin Sweeney going to join us up next. Talk some NBA draft with him. Chuck Rinakia Studios. Sports Radio 929 The Game, the Sports Radio 929 The Game. It is a John Chuckery show coming to you live on this Monday evening as we get ready for the NBA draft coming up Thursday. Don't forget, we'll be at State Farm Arena. Myself, Deshaun Tate, Caleb Johnson. We will all be there at State Farm for the Atlanta Hawks draft party. So come on, uh, get a ticket and uh, come on out to State Farm Arena and join us. Let's head out to the wadeford.com hotline. Let's talk about the NBA draft with Kevin Sweeney. He's college basketball and NBA draft writer for Sports Illustrated. SI.com is where you can check out all of his work. And he is on Twitter at CBB underscore Central. Kevin, really appreciate a few minutes with us tonight. Uh, Thanks for joining us in Atlanta. Yeah, appreciate you having me, guys. Let's uh, let's start with the Hawks pick at, at, at 15. You know, this looks like a pick that whatever player it is, and I, I, I really don't even care what the name is on the back of the jersey, this feels like one of those picks that's going to end up in the G League pretty quickly given the fact that the Hawks have so many guys under contract and they do have a, a plethora of young players uh, that are on the roster actively. It feels like their pick at 15 – is more kind of just let that kid go to College Park, play for the Skyhawks, and let him develop from there. It's right in that weird range where if it was in the 20s, you feel really confident in saying that. At 15, chance you get a pretty good player. And I think if you're, if you're the Hawks, you're hoping to get some long-term upside there, whether that's a guy who can play right away or a guy who needs more seasoning. If I was Atlanta, though, I think I'd be trying to swing for, can we find that? extra starter in a couple of years that could really help us down the line on a cheap contract. Do you think that there's any chance that the Hawks could move either direction, whether they look at moving up in the draft or whether they look down? I mean, what are you kind of hearing about potential Hawks rumors about, you know, going either direction or are they content just to kind of stay at 15? I mean, everyone's talking this time of year. I haven't necessarily heard the Hawks as like a leader to move up or down, but I think there's a real chance that, things get a little crazy here in the first five to eight picks. And if that happens, there could be 
quite a bit of trickle down down the draft that can impact the Hawks. Do, do you think that there are teams that are actually looking to – I mean, look, if we know that the number one pick is, is set in stone, does that encourage teams to want to draft higher or – you know, because again, you know, you're not going to get the best player arguably in the draft. Are teams scared off from trading high up into the draft? I don't necessarily think they're scared off because I think there's there's three other guys that I think most teams really value and and have most teams believe have a chance to have like a high level of success in the NBA, and that'd be Scoot Henderson from G League Ignite, Amon Thompson from Overtime Elite, and Brandon Miller from Alabama. I think you've seen the Pelicans have been very vocal about wanting to move up and potentially get Scoot. At two or three, I think I think he will be the clearest target of a lot of teams trying to move up. But I wouldn't be surprised uh, at all to see to see movement in the top four to get their hands on one of those one of those big name prospects. It's it's not just a Wemby draft, and that's the the common narrative. And he's really really good. He's transcendent. But I think there's really you know that there is strength at the top of this board outside of him that, that teams will want to attack. Kevin Sweeney joining me here on the waitfor.com hotline. College hoops writer and NBA draft writer for Sports Illustrated SI.com so we can check out all of his work. So you, you mentioned Brandon Miller, and, and obviously I, I guess there's baggage that goes along with that pick. But, you know, at the end of the day, is it just a matter of talent wins out? I mean, I know he, he didn't get in any trouble, but obviously the optics of the situation – at Alabama are going to follow him around, but is it just a matter of the talent is too great to to pass on him, or is anybody potentially scared off by some of the off the court things that went on? Uh, I think teams have done their due diligence and don't seem all that concerned, right? I think everyone would be, would agree that Brennan Miller made a bad decision that day, but uh, in terms, I, I I don't think from the people I've spoken to around the league that there's a feeling that he's a bad person or a person that you don't want to bring into your locker room or is a risk long-term. I think people for the most part have thought that he's a really hardworking guy, a really, you know, a, a, a good kind of piece to add to your locker room overall. That incident, obviously, you know, horrible what happened, but his involvement was rather minor kind of in the grand scheme of that uh, incident. Unfortunately, when you're talking about someone's life, that's, you know, it's tragic and it's something that every team has, discussed and to try to discuss with him uh but but i think for the most part it won't be something that holds back his stock on draft night so how set are we that is there any i mean obviously it's, it's Wemby one and, and you mentioned three other players is there any other dark horse candidates that could sneak in to that top let's say two through four i mean you know is there anybody besides those three guys that you're looking at that might be a dark horse to get into the top three four picks I think the one you'd probably highlight is Cam Whitmore from Villanova. He's this big, explosive wing who can really make shots. Didn't have the best year in college, but he's just so talented. And I think a guy that, depending on what happens with the first two to three picks, he could be on the board at four. I think there's a real chance that that that, that, that he winds up number four, and then that drops Eamon Thompson to number five or even six at Orlando, which I think is probably his floor. You mentioned uh, some of the guys that, that are, are looking at being drafted. And um, when you look at when you look at besides Wemby, who do you think has the highest upside? Who who do you think has that really high ceiling that could be the next most dominant player in the draft? I think the, the next highest ceiling is probably M.N. Thompson from, from Overtime Elite. I mentioned him a bit earlier, but he is six foot seven. His upside is that he could be a point guard, and he is an elite athlete. Like, he is the best athlete in this draft class. He might be the best 
athlete in the last 10 years. I mean, it's him and Zion Williamson in my mind in terms of the level of athleticism and the level of functional athleticism, how he's able to use that in a game. I know he hasn't necessarily played at the highest level, right? He's coming from, you know, essentially directly from high school. Uh, and so that will be a huge adjustment for him. Uh, his shot needs work. That's the question mark. But if he becomes a consistent outside shooter to go with his ability to defend multiple positions, his ability to get downhill, he has a chance to be a really, really special NBA player. You know, when when you look at some of these players, you know, again, uh, Victor, you know, Wemby is from France. Um, Scoot Henderson uh, is from G League Ignite. I mean, you know, it, it's it's not necessarily some of the, you know, traditional blue blood college players. I mean, is there now becoming a, a different pathway for guys to the NBA to increase their stock? Or, you know, is still the old-fashioned way of being – you know, in a blue blood plo- blue blood program, the best way to go. I mean, there's. I think. I think the biggest thing is that there's just so many more avenues. It's not necessarily that one is better than the other. I think there's been mixed bag with G League so far. Some of the overtime elite stuff is too early to really tell. But some of the some guys have ri- have raised their stocks. Some guys have struggled, and and that has hurt them. Obviously, overseas is is a growing. I continue to grow in terms of its influence. I think the biggest thing is that kids really have options now, and NBA teams are scouting earlier and earlier. Like there will be, you know, and there will be affiliations from all 30 NBA teams uh, at Peach Jam, Nike's big recruiting event this summer, and they will be watching not just 17 new players who are a year away from college. They're going to be watching 15 and 16 year olds getting ready for future draft classes. And so there's 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 long term planning, and because of that, I think teams feel confident that even if a kid chooses maybe the road less traveled, they've seen them in other contexts and feel pretty good about the guys they're getting. Kevin Sweeney, college basketball writer, NBA draft writer for Sports Illustrated SI.com, joining me here on the waitfor.com hotline. Who's one of those late round, late first round sleeper picks that you're looking at? Who's one of those guys that could really end up being a high level player that maybe you get in that 20 you know, to 30 type of range? Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, what Christian Brown did in the postseason for, for Denver this past year is a model of, like, what every team in the 20s is looking to draft, which mm-hmm. is a guy that has some upside long-term but is really able to come in and, and help you right away. And I think this year that guy is Omax Prosper from Marquette. He's a six seven long athletic wing who can guard multiple positions. He makes threes, and, and he's just low maintenance. Like, he's going to come into an NBA game. You're never going to have to drum up a play. He's going to find ways to impact the game with his ability to defend, with his ability to keep the ball moving, with his ability to make shots and cut. I mean, he's just a, a really smart uh, smart basketball player. He's gotten better every year. I mean, his development arc has been pretty crazy to watch. And so uh, he was a guy that I think coming into the draft process, people thought, oh, maybe he could be late second round. Now it's late first, and it wouldn't even be shocking if he was off the board 18-19 in this draft. You know, it's funny because, you know, talking about Denver, talking about the Celtics, talking about Golden State – you know, they find players that even when you're drafting in the, you know, 20s to 30s, fit what they want to do. You know, is, you know, again, outside of the stars, you know, in the NBA, are teams smarter or, or are players better about just fitting a role for a team that you don't have to? I mean, it's not like the NFL where you expect to draft somebody who can even be a difference maker at 25 or whatever like that. But it seems like they're, when the good teams draft in that position, they find guys that are role players that do exactly what they want to do. Yeah, I mean, I think the best, the best organizations just have a, an incredible pulse on what guys can help you uh, uh, immediately and what guys will fit into your, your culture. And I think 
the best players in the NBA fit into multiple systems that are able to help you because you know some of the same skill sets translate regardless of whether you're playing with Steph Curry or Nikola Jokic or Jason Tatum, right? For three very different players, but as a role player, how you impact winning is how you how how you do things without the ball, how you defend, and I think those guys are are really put a premium on in in today's NBA. Uh, I, I think obviously scouting makes a huge difference, and that's like. You know that that is truly where you move the needle, and and when you want to win championships, you have to make really good moves at the margins, right? Like obviously, it's great to land a Jokic in in the the second round, but that's not likely to happen a lot of times. But when you're Denver and you land Christian Brown with a late first round pick, and he helps you, and Bruce Brown kind of off the waiver wire, and he really really helps you. Like those small small moves are the things that add up to winning championships, and I think that's the that's what every team in the NBA is trying to trying to replicate. So how big of a can't miss? is is Victor Wemby. I mean, how 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 much I mean, look, Zion is a really good player, but he can't stay on the court and he can't stay healthy. And and it doesn't matter how good of a player you are, if you miss 55 games a year, you're not impacting your basketball team. How 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 good can this guy be at number 1? How and again, I think he's going to the right organization with with, you know, Pop and the and the San Antonio Spurs, but I mean, how limitless is his ceiling right now? I mean, he can, he can be transcendent because he has the skill set of, you know, some of the best wings we've seen in the NBA with not just center size, like the one of the biggest players immediately in the NBA at seven foot four, seven foot five. Like, like he does things when you watch games at really high levels. I mean, he's playing in France against teams that have five, six, seven former NBA players and just dominating still. And be, and yes, there will be clips taken out of context where he gets kind of shoved under the basket and. and and beat up because he's not as big and strong as everyone else, but his overall impact on the game is just immense. So I think outside of injury, it's very hard to envision him failing. The only, you know, the, the only caveat obviously is that the expectations are now so high that anything, anything, but, you know, seven, eight, nine time all-star in his career, people are going to consider as a disappointment. But to me, like I wouldn't be at all surprised if he reaches that ceiling and then, not only that, but but smashes through it. I, I think the hype is fully justified with Victor Wembanyama. Is that still the knock and the hype that players that come from overseas aren't as tough, aren't as physical? I mean, you know, that was always the mantra about the soft European players that that come over and play. Is that still a thing, or you know, are are guys now getting away from that kind of narrative or that label that's been put on them? I think for the most part, we've gotten away from it. I mean, obviously, some people, some, some organizations are going to hold certain, you know, certain things, you know, more important than others. But I think with Victor, the biggest concern is just his frame, right? Like, I, I think it's less so is he tough enough. I think there's, I think most people around the league believe he's really competitive. It's more so will his body hold up because we just have never seen a body like his uh, in, in the NBA. So hopefully, you know, he does stay healthy, right? We don't want to see one of you know the great talents in the history of the league have his career derailed, but I mean, that, that is the concern, right? If you're, if, if you have any doubt of whether Victor Wembanyama is going to have the career everyone wants to have, it's not, Oh, we don't think his game will translate. It will he be able to stay on the floor for 82 games. Kevin Sweeney, he covers college basketball in the NBA draft for sports illustrated. SI.com is where you can check out all of his work and on Twitter at CBB underscore central Kevin, uh, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for being a part of the show here in Atlanta. And we will certainly chat again soon. Looking forward to it, guys. Have a good one. You got it. John Chuck, we will be back. Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Clock at four. Donchich. 
The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.